Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to talk today to Guy Goslock. He's the CEO of My Digital Money. And as you've heard me over the past few months, I've been saying, hey, uh, crypto has a really bright future. It's weathered the storm like it has so many times before, and it keeps bouncing back. It's resilient, and now the conditions are right, and we're going to see signs, and we already are seeing signs of a breakout. So I asked Guy to come on because one of the things that we want to do on this show is to make sure that you have options. If you just leave your money in the bank, you're going to get destroyed. So we've asked Guy to come on and, and share his expertise on what's going on with crypto and how you can best navigate that. Um, I work with a friend of mine named Ian, and I'll tell you, he's crypto, 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 and I've learned more from him than I have anywhere, and crypto is where we need to be. It really is. And you say, well, Dave, what about precious metals? That's good, too. What's bad is to keep all your money in currency. So, Guy, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here because there is a lot of consternation over crypto right now, even over gold. Uh, when I talk about gold, I get some negative comments, and I just think people are really fearful because the future is so uncertain. Yeah, and thanks for having me, by the way. Yeah, our um, pleasure. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I think that uh, right now there's a lot of uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, as we call it, uh, in the crypto industry, around crypto and, and other assets, too. Um, it's just because the macroeconomic environment. Um, and so people tend to you know, uh, inject you with all kinds of negative sentiment. Uh, and, you know, everyone has their own agenda, so you got to take what uh, what you hear with a grain of salt. Um, you know, so, you, you you know, that's one of the things that my digital money we try to do is, is just give you both sides, give you objective information, um, and just have you do your own research, right? Well, that's what we want to do here, that's for sure. With, with regard to... Um the Federal Reserve. I want to kind of tie into something. I get two comments from people, um, economists, and I want you to clear up uh, and, and set the record straight here. Uh, on one hand, uh, the, some of the experts are saying crypto is unlikely to replace traditional money. I know the Federal Reserve's on record saying that. But then there's some people say, well, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth because they have their own crypto coin. Um, c- can you clear that up a little bit? Yeah, so I think you're talking about a comment from uh, Michael Barr, uh, who's the vice chair for supervision at the Federal Reserve. Uh, he said about a week ago that crypto tokens are unlikely to replace traditional currencies. 
um, and that banks should proceed cautiously when they experiment with that asset class. Um, and so, you know, on, on one hand, I partially agree with him because, um, you know, he's right. He said, you know, crypto is volatile. And, and, you know, he said two things. One is that crypto assets have proved to be volatile, so they're unlikely to grow into money substitutes and become a viable means to pay for transactions. Um, so I agree with that uh, in the short term, right, um, because there is volatility, so you may not want to spend your Bitcoin. I know I don't right now. Um, so I partially agree with him. I think that um, yeah, we've always advocated at My Digital Money that there's room for both, that, you know, you use cryptocurrency as an investment vehicle to protect yourself, you know, against a devalued dollar and to keep up with the inflation rate and all that. Um and, you know, fiat has its own its own purpose, but, I, I mean, we, you should have both. I think diversification is the way to go, and, and understanding the role of crypto in your portfolio is, is key. Um, and as far as the CBDC, the central bank digital currency, that's not actually, let me clarify, that's not actually a crypto, right? Uh, cryptocurrency is something that operates on the blockchain, and the blockchain, is, you know, kind of takes away the third parties. And you can have a currency that operates, you know, autonomously, you know, separate from the government, separate from, you know, central entity. And the CBDC is still, it's basically just a digital version of the dollar. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and, and I think, you know, that it improves on certain things and it, it takes away other things, right? Um, so it improves on maybe settlement times, transaction settlement times, and you know, tries to solve some of the problems that crypto solves, right? Because they're trying to compete with crypto um, so that, you know, the dollar doesn't get replaced. Because let's face it, I mean, there is an advantage to the dollar being the world reserve currency. I mean, you know, we have the U.S. Uh, is kind of the, the world reserve currency. So that's, of course, advantageous to us Americans. Um, but, you know, obviously the U.S. doesn't want to replace that with a crypto. So they have to come up with something that kind of, solve some of the problems right yeah, before and uh, you, but before on the other you hand down. you can track you can track people too so yeah, yeah. oh there you go yeah that's that's one negative that people don't like but i wanted to ask you about the world reserve currency because as i look at ukraine and i think this comes back to to affecting uh, crypto and the dollar when i look at ukraine it looks like two competing monetary ideologies you've got the gold-backed russians and many people are joining them i mean saudi arabia looks like they are a lot of latin america is doing that and and so they they're saying well we we like gold-backed we don't really want to go in the direction that's coming with digital so I'm seeing that. How does that affect Bitcoin? That 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 this this move um, away from digital. Um, I, I think Bitcoin is is independent, and I think Good. it's not something that can be stopped. I, I think you know right now it's kind of following the stock market because there isn't uh, you know we're we're still not at mainstream adoption, right? So I think as we we go further on the on the adoption curve. Uh, Bitcoin will become less volatile, uh, but yeah, I think I think the the advantage here is that you can, you know, you're not relying on banks. You know, if, if you know you're in Ukraine and your uh, bank account gets frozen, you know, you can use Bitcoin to get money from a relative and you know make purchases. And more and more, uh, you know, merchants are accepting Bitcoin and other cryptos. And you know, we we continue to see institutions adopting it more and more. Um, 
you know, if you look, I think if you look at, for me, Bitcoin right now is an investment vehicle because if you look at the average annual return uh, from 2010 to 2021, it's uh, 1,576% mm. uh, on average return, right? Um, so that is, you know, way higher than uh, any asset class. So uh, for me, it's it's kind of a, a way to save for retirement and to build wealth while my dollar is, you know, quickly losing its value. Let me tell you a question I get typically from uh, my audience when they say, okay, so I, I get crypto and I hold it for the long term and I know even though it'll go down, it's going to come back and it usually comes back much higher than when it went down. So I know inherently it's a good deal. I get this a lot. But what they want to know is how do they cash in when it comes time for retirement? Yeah, so I think one of the beautiful things is that you can do, you can invest with an IRA as well. And that's what we do at My Digital Money. We have a crypto IRA. And so if you want to use uh, your retirement funds to invest in crypto, you can do that and get a tax break, right? And so uh, you can do a traditional or you can do a Roth IRA. A traditional IRA allows you to save on taxes now, right? Uh, and uh, you, you know, you take pre-tax money and then later you have to, you get, you pay taxes when you retire and you take distribution. And a Roth IRA, you pay your taxes now, you take post-tax money and you invest it in crypto and then all your gains are never taxed. Right? So if you believe this industry, you believe that that return that I mentioned, right, the 1500% return is going to continue, um, then imagine having that kind of return and not having to pay taxes on it. That's true. But how do people typically liquefy their their holdings when they want to? They go, okay, I've reached 65 or 70, and now I want to put it in. I want to transfer it over into cash. I want to pay off all my bills with this. Um, Is is this a common issue that people deal with that hold crypto long term? Yeah, I I mean, the IRA that we have is just like any other IRA um, that you would bigger players like Fidelity. and, and So it's a self-directed IRA. So there's a process to take a distribution, right? So you can specify how much distribution you want to take. Um, you know, when you turn 65, you know, let's say you want to take $100,000. Um, you know, if it's a traditional IRA, then you will get taxed at whatever that tax bracket is for that $100,000. Right. But if it's Roth IRA, you just take it out and you don't have to you pay any taxes. But it's just the same process as taking withdrawing your IRA now, right? So we work with a custodian equity trust that's been around since 1974, and they've been doing IRAs, uh, alternative assets and IRAs for, you know, many, many years. Um, and so that process is pretty much, you know, what you're used to. You know, the, it just seems like there's no excuse not to run to the Roth IRA just because of the tax advantages. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, what... what What's happening now is so scary, right, with the inflation. Um, you know, and, and so many people came out of retirement recently because of this. Um, you know, I think it was uh, Indeed that shared some data that uh, people in the age group 56 to 65, have, a lot of them have come back uh, into the workforce. They retired and then they came back in. Um, so it's really hard for people to retire right now. Yeah, so I guess what I'm going to ask you, it's going to sound like a stupid question, 
but I'm asking for myself, and I'm sure my audience is thinking this too. It looks to me from the rate of return you quoted and the Roth IRA advantages with taxes, it looks like crypto is one of the few ways that people can outrun inflation. Yeah, absolutely, right? Uh, You look at the 10-year period. I mean, I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, in the next 10 years, we'll see very high returns. Um, and so you, even if you take a small portion of your retirement or of, you know, any cash that you have that's disposable and you don't need right now, um, you know, if, even if it's a small, you know, part of it, having those kind of returns will make up for not having them, you know, in your safer investments yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense guy that makes a tremendous amount of sense um a a lot of people though are fearful of crypto because of why how how would you complete that sentence because of what sorry no i guess here's what i'm saying yeah there's a certain percentage it's not an overwhelming majority certainly but there's a, a percentage of people who are fearful of crypto is it because it's fear of the unknown they just don't understand it yeah, I think that's that's a big part of it. It's education. Uh, it's you know a relatively complex concept to grasp, right? And, uh, and so I think that's the main obstacle. And then there's also a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt that's being put out there um, because there's a lot of groups that are not. It's not in their interest, right? Because crypto is outside of our current financial system, and it can replace a lot of the intermediaries, a lot of functions that banks serve. So there's a lot of powerful players out there that, you know, obviously um, are resisting, right? Just like any other great invention, um, there's always going to be some resistance in the beginning. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's just the fear of the unknown. And it's, it's still early, right? It's still, like if you look at the whole crypto industry, it's a trillion dollars, right? And you look at equities, it's what, like $100 trillion? So. I mean, it's still very small, and that's why there's so much volatility. And so people obviously are afraid of, of that volatility, which you know, not everyone is you know, has an appetite for risk, right? So yeah. I don't understand. So knowing we're dealing with some people that just don't understand, they're ignorant of the process and what it is, what do you do as an organization to try to make people, hey, this is how it works, it's not that complicated, and to make them feel more at ease into seriously looking at crypto. Do you, do you have any programs or, or uh, education available that can teach people what this is all about? Yeah, so we have uh, on our YouTube channel, we have a lot of content. Um, we have a lot of articles. We're also working on um, some more content. We've had, we have a money series that's more about kind of history of money. Um, and the thing that we started recently is... Uh, is National Crypto Month. It's in October. This is the month. Um, we partnered with National Day Calendar. There's already a crypto national day, but we wanted there to be a month, and that month is focused on education. Um, so we've been having a lot of different uh, sessions on Twitter spaces. Um, we're also going to post some of those sessions, and it's discussing various topics in crypto. Um, and the whole goal is really to nurture future technologies and provide a platform for companies to announce new technologies. So that's all about, you know, learning basically. And we hope that next October we'll actually have a physical event and more virtual events as well, just focused on teaching. Right. And also we're partnering with some schools to teach, uh, you know, crypto earlier on. Um, So we're going to be going around, uh, you know, doing guest speaking uh, various schools. So we're looking to do that. 
all throughout next year. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, I've asked some economics teachers in high school. They teach sometimes classes are called free enterprise or capitalism or whatever they call it in that district. And I've asked them, do you teach your kids to do We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time anything other than put your money in the bank and a few say well we talk about iras and 401ks because that's how you can build wealth over a long time and have a pension i say okay and i ask him gold no silver no crypto no I yeah, haven't. I, mean, I haven't found anybody that I've asked this question to in 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 secondary education that teaches this. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I'm frustrated about is that we don't have enough financial planning and management education in our schools. I'm not talking about universities. I'm talking about earlier on, right? Tools to you know really help us manage and understand money as well. Um, and then part of that curriculum should be you know talking about crypto right and the future of blockchain and, and its potentials because it's really the younger generation that's going to inherit all this right I mean, you, you talk about decentralized finance and all it's all so early and and our young generation is going to inherit it so you know we really should expose them as early as possible 
Would you, um, if you were the government right now, knowing what you know, would you take defensive actions to protect your currency versus crypto? And so what would you do? Um, yes, yeah, so I would work on having more of a, a regulatory clarity, right, around uh, crypto um, and, and you know, try to figure out how to work with it, how to work with crypto and also harness the benefits of blockchain because what runs Bitcoin, it's something called the blockchain, which we, we can do a whole session on, right? Uh, it's sometimes very hard for people to understand it. But, you know, this idea of blockchain, you know, can be harnessed for the benefit of our country. And so there's a lot of use cases that, you know, I think the government should be exploring. You know, other nations have invested so much money into research and development, um, and the U.S. is not doing much of that and also not uh, focused on funding education and, you know, giving, let's say, tax breaks for innovation. You know, so a lot of the innovation, uh, you know, happens outside of the U.S. Um, And so if I were the government, I would kind of figure out how to, be a leader in this space right because it's coming no matter what right there's, there's going to be blockchain applications and you know all all around the globe so you might as well become a leader in it um and then put you know some regulatory clarity around it so that you know more people are willing to uh, start companies that are blockchain based what's the penetration level in the american economy with blockchain based uh investments so do you think it's one percent, one tenth of one percent? What do you think it is? So it's hard to say. The, the, the data that I've seen was more around Bitcoin. You know how many people have Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and it was somewhere north of two hundred million. Um, which you know uh, is a pretty significant uh, amount. Like, but it's, it just means that you know people own it, right? Own Bitcoin. Um, so really, the, if you look at the adoption curve of Bitcoin, it, it's very similar to the Internet. Um, and when I was looking at a chart that, that showed basically the curves uh, side by side, we're basically in like 1997 right now or 1998, right? Um, so we're, we're still a very small fraction. You know, the population has adopt, adopted it. And um you know, we just need that one big invention, right? Like, in, in, for the internet, it was smartphones. Smartphones came out in 2008, and the adoption of the internet grew, blew up, right? Um, so we need that big use case uh, to be developed, right? And so, so yeah, I think we're very, very early on right now, and that's why yeah. I think it's great to invest and, and you know, look into yeah. different cryptocurrencies and what kind of blockchain applications they run, right? Because there's always the blockchain. Uh, application that accompanies the cryptocurrency no that makes a lot of sense uh i think if i were starting a business and i would be hiring i don't say 100 employees for example i don't think i would give them a traditional pension i think i would do a crypto roth ira um i i think i know the advantages but i'd like to ask you would you do the same thing and if so why um I would provide my employees uh, that as an option uh, because I think diversification is important, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so we're, we're also adding to our platform by the end of the year uh, digital gold and silver. Um, so that gives you in one place, you know, uh, you can put in your, you know, your crypto and your precious metals. 
So I would provide an option for them to have multiple assets in their retirement. I just did a piece on a podcast where um, we're looking at uh, silver going to have a huge breakout because of the new green deal so much of the uh, instrumentation like solar panels and so forth they're tied to silver and silver is being underproduced and it's underpriced right now that could really take off for people don't you think yeah it could so yeah i think there's there's a place for that asset I, i think gold and silver is more about preserving wealth right and especially if you don't trust uh where the dollar is going um and I look at crypto as a way to build wealth, not just preserve. Yeah, I I do. But you know what? What I don't like about the dollar, and I started down this road when I brought up Ukraine, if the world's moving towards gold, like the old BRICS nations concept, that kind of undermines our world reserve currency. So in other words, our dollar isn't as strong. And this is why I think we're smart to look at other things. I want to ask you about a term I've come across. Okay. And I don't mean to stump you. Um, but it's called decentral land. Hmm, yeah. Can you, can you tell us how that relates to what we're talking about and what it is exactly? Yeah, I, it's always very hard to explain this, but I'll give it my best shot. So, um, you know, in the people always use the word crypto, uh, and crypto is not just a current, you know, a bunch of currencies that you put money in and you just watch the graph and wait for it to go up and you sell it. Um, there's an actual, you know, technology underneath uh, that solves some kind of problem, right? Um, so there's different kind of areas within this industry. Uh, you know, one of them being uh, the metaverse, which I'll explain in a minute, and then another one being decentralized finance, right? That's all about having more peer-to-peer uh, interactions and you know, exchange of value without as much of you know the middleman and kind of completely revolutionizing our financial model, right? This fractional reserve system that we have. So DeFi is, is you know, basically decentralized finance. They, you know, you can, you hear it referred to as DeFi. That's one area. Metaverse is another, you know, there's the NFTs. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, little areas, little sectors, if you will. Um, so Decentraland is really an application that uh, is a virtual land, right? So, it's a 3D virtual world on a browser um, where users can buy virtual plots of land um, and, in the form of NFTs, right? So each each plot of land is an NFT, um, and they can also have avatars, and, you know, they can basically interact with each other. So it's just like a social media platform, let's say, where you're interacting with people, but it's in a kind of visual 3D environment. Um, so, you know, you've had, you have, you know, concerts that can be hosted there. You have, uh, you know, various, uh, you know, conferences that could be there. And you can actually go to like a shopping mall and look at, you know, interact with brands, right? I know that, uh, in 2021 and 2022, we had a lot of different brands getting into it, into the metaverse. And it's a Decentraland, uh, in particular. You know, I know Adidas really got into it. Samsung, Atari. Um, I know Sotheby's held uh, its first Metaverse auction, uh, and so the, yeah, a lot, lot of brands: Tommy Hilfiger, Dolce and Gabbana. Wow. You know, that's so, so that's that's incredible. A good way, to, yeah, to, to kind of market your brand and interact. 
And that's why and that's what Facebook is all about, right? Is they the metaverse? Yeah, the metaverse. Exactly. I, I, okay, right. I, I have to display my ignorance now, and I apologize for that. But uh, it sounds like, on one hand, you're describing almost a virtual reality entertainment. Um, but is this also a financial? Is there a financial aspect to this as well? Well, there's a financial aspect to it because if you believe that this Decentraland, right, or the metaverse is going to take off, you know, if you can buy land now, it might be worth a lot more later. And, you know, I've seen people make good profits on, on some of these plots of land. I think that, you know, the cheapest plot of land right now is two thousand is worth about $2,000. Um, so people are paying real money for it. And, uh, and so, yeah, there's, there's a money side where, you know, if you believe it's going to blow up, and it's very early on right now. Is, um, is, this, real, so, is this real land, like geographic located uh, on planet Earth that people are buying, or is this land within the metaverse? So it's, it's not for Decentraland in particular, but there's other metaverse applications like Upland, which is essentially a replica of our, you know, globe. And there's actually places that you can buy. So it's like a parallel world, if you will. That's how I see it. That's thank you. You just took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly how I'm seeing it. And I got to tell you, the audience is sitting there right now, going, "Wow, this is awesome! I've never heard of this. How far is it going to go?" Yeah, and, not, and a lot of people haven't bought into it yet. It's very early on. Um, you know, people have various varying opinions. I think it definitely has a market, and it's going to go pretty far. But it's going to take a long time. I mean, right now, if you look at an adoption curve, we're in very early adopter stage. Um, and so that's why I think it, it could be a good opportunity to look into, right? We, the the actual currency that you use in Decentraland is called Mana. And we actually have that on our platform. So you can buy it. Um, you know, and so that's always a, a good option. If, if you're looking at a risk, you know, a, a kind of a higher return investment over time, Right. I, I mean, as we always talk about, Ethereum and Bitcoin are probably the safest ones mm-hmm. yeah. um, developed. But then there's, you know, some early, early technologies um, that have their accompanying cryptocurrencies like Mana. Right. So, yeah, if you're, if you're looking to get a little bit more risky, um, that's something to look into. And um, it's an interesting concept. I mean, there's a lot of different use cases there. Um you know, imagine imagine a shopping mall, and you're you you go there, and you're kind of looking around all the different shops. So it's a more kind of organic way to find things. Like when you're online, you're just kind of searching different terms, right? Here, you can kind of just like walk around, look at these different stores, and actually see what the clothes look like, right? And then potentially purchase it right there and, and have it shipped to your house. So it's just a different way to uh, explore. You know, and and shop. Oh, it's incredible. It's hard to get your mind around it, though, because it's so unique. But other than buying the land concept, what other ways could people use this to make money? Um, yeah, I think the the land is a big one, but uh, I think you know that you can create NFTs that can be used in the land, right? Um, and, and it can go across different applications between Decentraland and Upland and other things, um, you know, this, the whole concept of NFTs and, and brands use this to make money. Like, like I said, you can have a company like Dolce & Gabbana 
have a store in Decentraland and, you know, make money. But as an individual, I suppose, I suppose you can sell different, you know, NFTs, right? You can uh, mm-hmm. go in there and exchange NFTs at some point with people. Um, so it's a good way to kind of uh, find people to do business with. <laughs> will, bank, uh, will banking ever move to this uh, venue? Traditional banking? Uh, I haven't thought about that. That's interesting, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It's very possible um, that you can kind of find financial institutions that way. But I see it as more of a, a means of interacting, uh, you know, uh, like finding people. And exp- you know, it's just an, like a whole new layer of the Internet, right, which is more 3D. Very cool. This... And your company is is getting into this, I would imagine, at the ground level right now, since this is new. But but my digital money is actually doing this. Uh, well, we just have mana on our on our platform, okay. so it's so a coin that you buy. Cool. So yeah, it, you know, if you look at the price history of mana, you know, it started off as, as you know pennies, right? Um, and then it, you know, started off at like point zero zero eight five, and then by august of 2021 it went up to like 80 cents and then at some point it went up to five dollars and now it's back down to look i think it's at 65 63 cents mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. um so it has the potential to go back up to five dollars where it was uh you know in november um and and even higher if, if it really takes off and becomes mainstream you know in 10 20 years right so people, it's almost like the early crypto people who made tons of money. I'm almost seeing the same kind of opportunity here. Is that a bad analogy, or do you think that fits? Say that again, sorry? In other words, you know, in the early days of crypto, the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Crypto, some people just took off and made uh, unbelievable yeah. amounts of money. And this is, is this in a parallel position to the early okay. days of crypto and people could really get wealthy if they get into it now? I think it could be, but it's, it's, but it depends on which particular cases you're talking about. There's some people that made a lot of money off of meme coins and, you know, they just got lucky, I think. Um, what I advocate for, and I'm not a financial advisor, but I, what I do for myself is I actually, look at the coin and what problem it's solving and is there actual fundamentals behind it, right? To, to kind of manage the risk. It's already a risky asset class, right? Um, so I try to minimize that risk as much as possible mm-hmm. by investing that I think are promising very long term, right? So, uh, you know, it's kind of an educated decision that you're making. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people in the early days, you know, they were just jumping on the bandwagon when they saw like a meme coin jump up in value. Um, and so to me, that's riskier. But yeah, some people got lucky. Uh, but people that invested in Bitcoin obviously did really well. And, and I think, you know, metaverse could be like that. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of other applications and music and entertainment and 
Um, also in, you know, decentralized finance, I think that's where a lot of the big gains will be as well. And we also have a lot of coins on our platform that, um, are tied to, uh, decentralized finance as well. You know, my, my personal political perspective is that the current ruling party in the American government is trying to centralize as much as they can, as quickly as they can. And I think what they don't realize, and just from what you're saying right here, decentralization is the wave of the future, and they're swimming upstream. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's what, uh, you know, this is all about. You know, metaverse is one use case, but, you know, smart contracts uh, is what allows us to basically have a bunch of decentralized applications. Right. And so intermediaries around the world basically change their function. It's not like there won't be any intermediaries at all. Right. People still want, you know, some 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 things to be based on trust. Yeah, right. Sure, uh, sure. You might want someone to manage your assets, but maybe the difference is that as an intermediary, you won't own the data. You won't own, you know, the infrastructure. And so you, you have less power. So that's better for competition. Right. Yeah, it, um, it is. It, 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 see, you know what you're saying here to me? This is, I'm going to give you an honest uh, response as a member of the public. Um, you're not making any overblown claims. You're talking about, you know, there's always risks involved here. Uh, you've talked honestly about decentralization. And uh, you've just described this very matter-of-factly without embellishing anything. I think that says a lot about your company, Guy. I think that's why a lot of people like my digital money, because what, they, what we're getting in this interview is just hardcore facts, straightforward information with no embellishment. And I would imagine that your customer service team reflects the same attitude. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it, for us, it's, you know, give you all the information you need to make your own decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I want to shift gears for a second. This is so fascinating. We could do a whole show on this. I, this really has captured my imagination, but I'm not doing my audience justice if we don't get into this terrible topic that's killing the housing industry, uh, killing people across the board financially, and that's the incessant rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. And I know the built-in excuse, the Biden administration spend, spend, spend like a drunken sailor. Hell, they're spending like the whole drunken Navy and the Fed are saying, well, we got to raise interest rates in response to inflation. But it's killing the economy. How is it influencing crypto? Yes, yeah, so right now, crypto is acting uh, as a risk-on asset, so very similar to tech stocks. Um you know, it wasn't always the case. It was always very separate from the stock market. Um, but in the last year, um, it's been more correlated uh, because of how uh, investors behave. They, they treat crypto as like another uh, equity asset. Uh, and, you know, a lot of institutions have gotten into crypto, right? And, and a lot of the trading volumes come from institutions. So when the rates go up, obviously, the, you know, there's lower money supply right? and organizations ha- you know have less money or basically it's reducing the money supply for organizations because the cost of borrowing is going up um, and so they need to liquidate their riskier assets um, so that causes the price to go down just like with the stock market um, so that's unfortunately how it's happening a, a lot of people uh, crypto enthusiasts you know think that it will decouple um, in the next one to two years from you know the the broad, you know, the financial system um, and our, our currency system. But uh, 
but right now it's, it's kind of unfortunately moving with it. Um, and so the, the rate hikes, you know, is not going to help uh, the price of crypto. Okay, that's another straightforward answer here. Um, but is it safe to say that crypto can operate uh, to a large extent independently of this system? Of the rate hikes and inflation. I mean, I know it's not going to be totally immune, but can it? I think it it can if the you know, if retail investors uh, leverage it more. Once the adoption goes up, uh, I think that you'll see more of a decoupling. Um, so we just need that big use case that will bring the the masses into crypto, right? If that next application uh, that is blockchain based comes out, you know that could bring a lot more people into crypto, and that could make make it you know the the assets much more independent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's technically independent, but right now it's just moving with it because of the macroeconomic factors. I'm hesitant to tell you this because I think it'll make me sound like a lunatic, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, and I had a dream where the American economy totally collapsed across the board. Nothing was moving, nothing being sold. So communities kind of turned in on themselves and they began to barter and trade and so forth and every community became like a no-go zone and and the rate of exchange what they were doing in these communities many people were trading in gold and silver but also bitcoin that was actually a dream i had about three months ago um but you know in a disaster scenario and i don't really want to go down this road too far but in a disaster scenario if people are holding bitcoin that could become a rate of exchange in replacement of money yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's use cases are already out there. I mean, if your bank account is frozen, you know, you can use crypto to transact. Um, you can do it quickly and you can do it across borders. Uh, and so there's a lot of use cases for it, um, even now. And I know that there's, uh, payment firms like Strike that's looking, that's developing, uh, Bitcoin into its payment system so that you can kind of, uh, save merchants a lot of money and have faster transactions and you know kind of essentially replace visa you know the big credit companies yeah um and and that's just to, to use the bitcoin network as a medium of exchange it's not even you know necessarily using bitcoin to buy things um but yeah i mean it's much more efficient uh as a medium of exchange and so that's very possible that uh, you know your dream will come true someday. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come true. I, I, I want to see the dollar stay. I'm not hoping for any destruction, but but I also, too, think it's absolutely awesome that uh, Bitcoin and crypto exist along with gold and silver because I think it keeps the money changers a little more honest. And Exactly. The competition is good because it'll force us to manage the money supply better um, and to deal with the root of problems, yeah. Instead of just from I could I could not agree with you more. Do you th- do you think that this uh, decentral land is a sign that crypto could one day be independent of the internet? Um, I think it's it's one, but there's a lot more than just the metaverse, right? Um, there's applications we can't even imagine yet. I mean, you, you think about blockchain, even in healthcare, uh, you can imagine you kind of own your own data, right? Mm-hmm. Because right now the model 
have is basically surveillance capitalism, um, where you know that you have these big tech companies that own your data, and you can't take that data with you. Um, so you're, it has that lock-in effect, right? And I think the the more applications we have on blockchain, the better it will be because you can take your you now own your data, so you have a lot more opportunity. Um, and imagine in healthcare, right? If you you want to switch from one doctor to another, and you can take your entire health history with you. Um, that could be life-saving. Uh, and, and, you know, if, you know, imagine there's some kind of algorithm that tries to, to detect a disease, um, and it has to run on your data. Um, so, you know, being able to take that data from one application to another, you know, it really opens up a world of possibilities. And it changes, it levels the playing field, really. So it's not just, the, met- the metaverse is one example of it. Um, but, you know, what I'm really talking about is how blockchain is going to, uh, you know, distribute power in a way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? This is why Vice Chair Michael Barr of the Federal Reserve doesn't think Bitcoin's going to take over, crypto's going to take over, and maybe it won't. But they got a vested interest in it not happening and, and, and people not being invested in this because they want the control. Yeah, I just think it'll force uh, service providers and, and products to just be better because now you're, you know, the user has more power. So now you have to actually provide a service that's really good so that the user doesn't go to a competitor, right? And so I think it just overall will be good for everybody. Um, there'll still be opportunities for people to, you know, have profitable companies mm-hmm. and, and all of that. It's not like you're taking all that away, but you're just changing the the dynamics so that um, people have more opportunity instead of like the big tech companies, you know, unfairly profiting. I'm going to throw you a curveball here, and it's not something that we were going to talk about, but I think it's important because crypto is such a safety valve in so many ways. Let me give you an example. There's renewed talk between Secretary of State Blinken and Latin American officials like President AMLO of Mexico. And they want a super state America. And I know from experience, when I watch the EU, that you have to have a central equalization point of all the currencies. And if your currency is on top, your citizens are going to suffer the greatest loss. So let's say the peso was 11 to 1 just for argument. The midpoint would be 5.5. And hypothetically, in that example, Americans would lose 50% of their buying power on that kind of merger. But if you were vested in precious metals and crypto, you don't have to be in that system. Right. Or you can, you know, have both. And so yeah, there you go. Exactly. You That's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, well, there's something coming up, too. Uh, actually, not coming up. It's already here. National Crypto Month, October. Um, yeah, that's what I was earlier. Yeah, National Crypto Month uh, is basically what we started to be a month of education, it was picked. October was picked because that's when Satoshi Nakamoto, um, who no one knows the real identity of, uh, yeah. cre- uh, published a white paper of Bitcoin and uh, basically released a vision of having this, you know, kind of autonomous, uh, you know, system that. Uh, validates your transaction so you eliminate the middleman um and he uh laid out the vision and a few months later in january and then by the way it was a response to the financial crisis uh, as you know 
Um, and so this was the solution, and it actually was implemented. This is something that actually was what came up. Uh, Nick Zabo, who's a famous computer scientist, came up with in the 90s, but uh, the, the Satoshi actually implemented it. Um, and so that's why we chose October, and the, the month is all about uh, teaching and having people uh, unveil new technologies and just raising awareness and um, a big part of it, uh, you know, one of the areas we focus on is, is how blockchain can be used for nonprofits um, to track how donations are used and also to help raise funds. Um, so we have a, you know, a lot of sessions that, you know, we want to explore different use cases for nonprofits. Um, and another one is, is another area we focus on is education. It's just talking about how to educate the younger generation on blockchain and crypto. Right, right. Um, and in general, just educating uh, the public and each other. So, so yeah, that, so we have a bunch of sessions this month. Um, the next one is going to be about the metaverse, actually, on Friday. So it's going to be a panel. Cool. And you know, we're going to talk about the metaverse if you're interested. You know, please tune in. But uh, how, how do people, yeah, that's, can, that's, can the public come and watch, or how does that work? Yeah, uh, we are on Twitter Spaces. Uh, My digital money is on Twitter space on Twitter, so you can add us there, and then you'll get a notification of you know when it's starting, and you can listen in. And we'll also post it on our YouTube, uh, if, you know, at some point um, a few days later. Oh, so you'll, so we'll you'll publish the replay on YouTube. Yep. Very cool. If you'd have someone send me maybe a notification of that, I'll post that on my website. Um, I, I think yeah. I think that is really cool. Do you know where you're going to get the young people, though? And I know I keep coming back to this guy, and I'm sorry. But I think the younger people are going to be enthralled with Decentraland. This is right yeah. up their alley. I, th- I think if you're looking to bring the younger generation in and not just have them think they got to put all their money in the bank, I think Decentraland is where it's at. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the younger generation is already engaging in this way, right? My my nephew uh, plays Fortnite, oh, yeah, and yeah. that's what it is. He's, you know, he has his own car, and he's meeting other kids there. I mean, during COVID, it was huge, obviously, because that was the way to interact. Uh, but I think kids are somewhat exposed to it already, so I think it's a no-brainer. Well, um when people call your your call center and go ahead and give out that number because we always do that for people who have books or something to promote so uh, when people call into your call center what number would they call yeah 833-636-2008 and that's one of the benefits of my digital money is we actually have humans that pick up the phone um so you have you know you have the actual automated platform where you can buy and sell on your own but you also can get that comfort of a human talking to you about crypto and how to sign up and how to trade if you need that help. Can um, you get that so number out one more number? time? Yeah, it's 833-636-2008. Okay, 2008. Okay, let's and go. you can also go on my um, and you can find the number very easily there. Um, the other thing I always like to highlight is that we have a Play Money account. So you get fake money when you sign up. It literally takes two minutes. You don't put any any credit cards. And you can actually practice trading, right, and get comfortable. Wow. 
That, see, again, there you go. You are helping people get educated in a new venue in a risk-free environment. I think that's absolutely awesome. Um, so the number here to call, ladies and gentlemen, is 833-636-2008. No obligation call. They don't put pressure on you. No, I've talked to them. But they will answer all of your questions. So have your questions ready when you call. You can also go online to DaveCryptoIRA.com. That's DaveCryptoIRA.com. Guy, this has been absolutely fascinating. Um, and we covered a lot of territory, but you're going to make me go do some research on Decentraland. you got my imagination running wild on that. <laughs> and and got, I may look for a way to get involved in this. I think it's fantastic. Well, you're doing great work because you're giving people an option. And I think that's so important today because the last thing that people in this country need is to get locked into a singular system because we're seeing how quickly that can go south. Right. Yeah. We want to give people options. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's your doing. Well, our guest, ladies and gentlemen, has been Guy Gottslack. Uh, he's the CEO of My Digital Money. And I'm telling you, I, I, I'm going to get a lot of good response on this interview. But again, that number to call is 833-636-2008. Or you can go to DaveCryptoIRA.com. And uh, I think the Roth IRA is fantastic, too. Guy, thanks so much for being generous with your time. And look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Our thanks to Guy Gottslack for joining us. And boy, was that fascinating with what's coming with crypto. And I think there's so much money to be made, but uh, there's even more. There's more I want to bring to you because you need to be looking at alternative currencies, alternative ways of storing wealth. Because when you hear this next story about what's going on in Australia, you are going to be left dumbfounded. Well, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Jim Rickards, and he has been an advisor to the Pentagon, to the Fed, to all the big boys in the economy. And his ads are floating around, and a lot of them are attached to what I'm doing with regard to currency, financial devaluation, the Bitcoin, the mark of the beast coin, whatever you want to call it. His ads are running on top of my YouTube presentations. And he is not pulling any punches. He's talking about Executive Order 14067. And he says, basically, it's the end of all financial freedom. It's the end of all freedom. It's the ultimate social credit system. And Jim Rickards Rickards says that uh, he's now promoting this on his site, but he feels that uh, soon his work is going to be censored and taken down and he's referencing specifically what we've talked a lot about on youtube which is executive order signed by biden in march executive order 14067 which is the introduction of the digital dollar and you will not be able to use your regular dollar and this will force people into alternatives of course they'll be outlawed now hear me clearly gold silver cryptocurrency these are going to be the alternatives and even if the government moves to outlaw them people are not going to obey once they figure out what this is all about this is something that the mainstream media is refusing to cover now what's that going to look like we don't know all the details yet but they're emerging from a bank in australia that i wanted to talk to you about There's a bank in Australia right now as we speak 
that is issuing bills to its customers saying you spent this much money on food this much money on eating out this much money on transportation and they're doing other items too but they're getting itemized notifications of their egregious offense to the well shall we say clean economy and they're being billed for this offense you can have it deducted you could pay in payments but this is absolutely phenomenal what's happening now breitbart has actually picked up on this and they have published a good portion of this and i think breitbart caught the first generation because they do really good work but i think that some of the things they left out was stuff that came out a little bit later and what i discovered is there's actual transactional fees that are taken out of this so if you eat they deduct this is how they're going to get you to eat bugs because you're not going to be able to afford their fees to eat meat and you know there's a war right now on agriculture in fact let me step aside for a second and add this uh, qualifier i said back on september 15th when the government came out and says we've averted the railroad strike by one day aren't we wonderful vote for us and i said bullcrap the railroad workers the rank and file are telling me personally that this is a load of crap they haven't approved anything they're making an announcement based on ancillary agreements with everyone but the railroad workers well they rejected this deal and now the railroad set poised to set a strike date let me say this very clearly 62 percent of all agriculture and food is transported by rail okay i don't think i need to say any more than that back to what this bank is doing they're charging you more for eating out they're charging you a little bit less to eat but they still charge you to eat but guess what they don't charge you for eating bugs plants and aquatics and, and here's the other thing how the heck are you going to afford to drive to work they're billing you out of it's just astronomical what if you get into a car and drive and you fill up your tank on your credit card this is what they're using to track you and you're not going to be able to much longer go in and pay the attended cash they're moving away from this in australia and this is why they had part of the COVID, what they did, remember? No, no, we can't use cash. we got to put up these plastic dividers. Give us your credit card, and we got our gloves on. Do you remember that? Well, this was in anticipation of this. COVID was no more than crate training like you do with a dog to discipline it, confine it, and give total control over that animal. Well, this is what they're doing to us. The beta test is going on right now in Australia. So if you wonder why I brought on Guy Gottslack and we talked about crypto, the future of crypto, why it's good. If you wonder why we look at gold, why we look at silver, why we look at alternatives, because people, whether it's black market or still accepted by the government, and I don't think they're going to do that, they are going to subjugate you through money. They're going to bend you to the altar of the green climate cult. Europe is being sacrificed right now on the green climate cult. Millions could die from starvation and exposure this year. And what did the German government do? They put out a notice, 
don't bitch, put on two sweaters. And that's pretty close to a literal quote. And I'm hearing from people in Germany, they're ready to rise up. I hope they do. This is it for the Common Sense Show. I want to thank you so much for joining us. God bless all of you. We're truly living in biblical times. Get right with the Lord. And we will see you back here in the next broadcast. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.